Today's scripture reading is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may, throw, may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, good morning. I'm Mark Juliet, missions pastor. If you're visiting with us, thank you so much uh, for being here this morning. Thank, uh, thank you to everybody for being here this morning. We are in a series based on the Ten Commandments that we're doing during this season of Lent. And the Ten Commandments are those commands given through Moses to God's people. And we talked about how important it is to understand and see these commandments are based in a covenantal relationship between God and God's people. And so that's, that's the context in which we want to look at these rules, that they are based in a relationship. And because of that, they're given as a, a set of rules to help us in our relationships with God and with one another. And so as we've looked at these commandments, uh, we've talked about how the, the commandments are kind of divided up into those that have to do with our relationship with God and those that have to do with our relationship with others. And so we, the first three have to do with our relationship with God. The first one, you shall have no other gods. And into that, uh, Luther also rolled into that, you shall not make a, uh, an idol. And so he talked about kind of the numbering. There's no numbering in Hebrew, so there's different traditions have different numberings. So if you've got a Bible that, wait a minute, Pastor Mark, you're talking about five and six today, but it's actually six and seven. That's why. Uh, it's just, they're still all there, all right? We still gotta, we still gotta pay attention to, uh, to all the same commandments. It's just how we number them uh, is different. So the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. Second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. We talked about how important and, and the power that a name would carry with it in, in ancient understanding. The, the name of a God would carry with it the power of that God. And so the name of God for the Jewish people was important. And they had all these different names uh, for God that they would use and how they would respect that and honor that, uh, those names for God, for the one God. Uh, the third commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Pastor Tim uh, talked about that last week and how it has to do with uh, a, not only a day of rest and the need for that, but also with worship and with God's word and the importance of 
hearing uh, and receiving God's word, that that is Sabbath, uh, to, to receive that, to receive that from God as well. So last week, Pastor Tim then started into the next seven commandments that have to do with our relationship with others. And that started with that most foundational relationship that we have, uh, our first relationship, which is with our parents. With our parents, and you hear that commandment, honor your father and your mother. Today, we go into more commandments that have to do with our relationship with others. And so you see on the board there, on the screen, it says, Commandments 5 and 6, killing, faithfulness, and marriage. Now, it's important to note the semicolon that's there. It's not killing faithfulness in marriage. Just wanted to point that out. Uh, you know, when I saw the, the title together, and then you just read it really quickly, it's like, oh, that's a mistake. That's not right. That's going to that's gonna be a problem. I thought about um, a MASH episode. Any fans of MASH out there? Awesome. Such, such a great series. And I thought about Father Mulcahy. I mean, how can you not like Father Mulcahy, Right. And there was one episode where uh, they had received a shipment of Bibles to give to all the soldiers. And Father Mulcahy comes into Colonel Potter's office, and he's very concerned because these Bibles have a number of typos in them. And then he turns to Exodus 20 in the Ten Commandments, and then he reads, for example, it says, you shall commit adultery. <laughs> and he said, Colonel Potter, these these soldiers are trained to follow orders. <laughs> Don't worry, Father Mulcahy, you'll get your new Bibles. Today we look at commandments 5 and 6. You shall not murder, you shall not commit, not commit <laughs> adultery. Commandment 5, we shall not murder. Now on the surface... This looks like one that, hey, you know, I think, I think I'm good there, right? I mean, I haven't murdered anybody of you. I, don't raise your hand. We have police in the, in the pre, in presence, so they might come over and talk to you. Uh, no, I, I, that's, that seems like one that's, you know, it doesn't impact uh, a lot of people. They would say, well, I've, 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 not gone against that one at least. I can put a check mark there. But yet we think about the impact of that one. We think about recent events. We think about all the news that we see. We see, think about the school shootings. We think about other things. And this one does affect us. And it does affect us personally as well in our actions. Because as we just heard in that text from Matthew 5, which is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus expands our understanding of this and the other commandments. And so it's not just don't take the life of another person, don't, don't murder, but it's more than that. Join me, uh, if you have a Bible with you, in Matthew 5, 21. And 22, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. 
And anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fires of hell. How many of us can say we haven't been angry with a brother or sister, with a spouse, with a family member, with a coworker, with a fellow student, with somebody on the highway? How many of us can say then we have not broken this commandment? Jesus expands our understanding to include not only uh, the, the action, but what's going on in our hearts and in our minds. And so I can't, can't spend time to go into that right now, but as we think about anger, well, that's just a human emotion. That's, that's just a response, yes. But I think what Jesus is getting at is what's going on inside of a person, what's going on inside of their heart. What are those things that get in between people? Remember, this is the commandments are based in relationship. What is it that hurts and harms relationships? We put it in that context as we think about these words of Jesus. Luther's explanation of this commandment says this, We are to fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in body but help and befriend him in every bodily need. There's not just the negative, but there's the positive as well of what we are to do. And when we refrain from doing what we are to do, are we breaking this commandment? Seems to be, within Luther's definition, even within Jesus' wider definition, and certainly within the context of Jesus' teachings about what it means to serve and to love God means serving and loving and helping those who are in need. And so when we neglect to help those who are in need, whether it's a stranger on the street or whether it's a, a neighbor next door or whether it's a family member or anybody that is in, in bodily need and we know about that and we don't help, Might we be going against this commandment? Now, this is a big topic, and, and I want to uh, take a commercial break right now because I have a, a series coming up in April on Wednesday nights that I'm going to be uh, talking about a uh, one-hour study called Helping Without Hurting. Because as we think about helping those who are in need, we think about, well, I, I don't want to get burned, or I don't want to enable the person, or... I've, I've had bad stuff happen when I've reached out, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how, yes, sometimes when we help people, because a lot of us have that inclination to want to help, but sometimes that can actually do more harm than good. And yet we are called upon to help others who are in need, to follow this commandment, to follow what Jesus has taught. So how do we do that in a way that gives life, that is productive, that is actually help? To others, So I invite you to join me on Wednesday nights. There'll be three, three nights in a row beginning April 4th uh, for helping without hurting. As we think about this commandment, I think about the power of words and the, the detriment that negative words can have in a person's life. I saw a news flash come across during this week from uh, the brother 
uh, the young man who, who had the, the responsible for the school shooting in Florida, and the brother was saying how he was so um, upset with himself and how much he regretted teasing his older brother, he and his friends, how he regretted that and how he, he felt responsible for what had happened. He's not the one that pulled the trigger, and yet his words, he felt, had such a detrimental impact on his brother. Jesus says, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable, answerable to the court, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Really, Jesus? You fool. Mr. T is in trouble. A pity the fool. Thank you, 80s fans out there. Man, I wonder what Jesus would think about some of the things going around social media today. Right? The, and the tweets and the things on Facebook and the other places we see social media and how, how uh, kids in schools teach one, or not teach, but um, taunt one another through social media and how mean that can be and, and how that can feel as a young person to be on the receiving end of those kinds of taunts and hatred and name-calling. Words can do a lot of damage. Words can kill. The flip side of this commandment, the flip side of you shall not murder is one to help those who are in need is one to reach out and to, to seek reconciliation. And that's where Jesus goes with this. He doesn't just say, uh, you shall not, you know, you've heard it said you shall not murder in talking about anger and that. But he says the flip side, verses 23 and 24, Matthew 5. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave the gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. Where is this person at in his example? They're in worship, right? This is where we encourage you to be. This is the place to connect with, with God. This is the place to be fed. This is the place to receive God's word. This is the place uh, to be encouraged in your faith. And Jesus says, Look, go away from there. Not that it's not good to be there. But he said, if you are at the altar and you're, you're giving your offering, and there you remember, oh yeah, things aren't right between me and this other person. I, things are going on inside of me and inside of my heart. Anger, resentment, whatever it is. He says, leave your gift there, first go, and be reconciled. Try to reconcile with that person, and then come back, and you can give your offering. Jesus is saying, this is a part of your worship. This is a part of honoring God. This is a part of seeking to do His will, is to, to be reconciled to others. I think of uh, the prophet Micah and what he said 
in, in uh, Micah 6.8. This is a passage that you may know. He's talking about what does the Lord require of us and what does the Lord want. And he talks about what, is, what does the Lord want in my offering. And he talks about all these physical things, these things that I can offer physically. And we think of the things that we can offer physically uh, to God of our resources, of our goods. But ultimately, that's not what God wants. He asks, what shall I offer the Lord as an, an appropriate offering? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is the flip side of this commandment. This is the positive keeping of commandment five. During the Super Bowl, there was a, I think it was two and a half, three minute long commercial from Mass Mutual Insurance. And it was really cool because it showed real life people reaching out and helping one another in various ways. And I found um, a segment on one of those one of those uh, groups of people, one of those stories, and it was the boy in the commercial that had been bullied and the unexpected place that help came from. Let's take a look at this. My name is Philip William Mick, and I'm from Auburn, Indiana. I was getting bullied ever since second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade. They were teasing on me, picking on me, and all that. I'm Brett Warfield, director of United Motorcycle Enthusiasts. We ride together and help support our local communities do charity work. We ride to do good. It's a brotherhood. That's where it's about. Get along instead of being hateful. Get along with you. Got to love everybody. Exactly. It started on the first day of school. We met at a restaurant. 50 bikers were there. The bikers took me to school to support and tell all those people that bullying isn't cool and you should stop it. Instead of saying it, they showed it. Good for you, man. Y'all want to know something? We all love you. Want you to know that. It's only got like a few people would understand. Actually, there's tons of people. Now, there's a lot of kids who want to be my friends. It just relieves all my feelings and all that. It was my first time on a motorcycle. It felt like I was flying. Ian and Brett are trying to stop bullying because many kids think that the bully's the big guy, but really the big guy is actually you. Pay attention to your children. Teach your kids empathy. Open your heart up. See how you would feel. Love is the answer. How cool would that be to show up with a bunch of guys on motorcycles? I bet he didn't get messed with anymore. Well, they didn't go to intimidate the other students because that would have just been turning around and doing the same thing. But they went in support of this young man and to show what positive thing you could do and how to love and to respect one another and how not to treat one another. 
Commandment six, do not commit adultery. Luther's explanation is this. We should fear and love God so that we lead, lead pure and decent lives in words and actions. He hasn't even talked about marriage yet. That's something that can apply to all of us, right? Lead pure and decent lives in words and in actions. And that husband and wife love and honor one another. Jesus, of course, expands upon this commandment as well. Chapter 5, beginning with verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This goes to the level of the heart and of our desire. See, the problem, Jesus says, is even looking at another person with lust in your heart is a breaking of this commandment because it, it leads to broken relationships. It leads to things that are harmful and detrimental to one another. The problem is that either we're going to obsess over what we don't have, which takes away our longing from that which we do, or we get what we desire only to find out that it's not fulfilling like we thought it would be. Either way, we cause pain and strife to ourselves and to others. Jesus goes on in verses 29 and 30. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Whoo! <laughs> Jesus must have really been having a bad day. And that's harsh. Does he mean this literally? I mean, either we got a lot of good people who are keeping this commandment, or I don't see that many people with eyes plucked out and limbs cut off. I think even if we were to think of this as literal, even if you were to pluck your eye out, a, a blind man can still lust. So this, is this really, I mean, it's not to be taken literally. This is hyperbole. But it is to be taken seriously. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's talking about the seriousness of keeping this commandment, of following the heart of this law. That, that for us to, to, to keep this, it, it is worth sacrifice of, of all, so many other things. And those things which can cause us to sin. The stakes are high. These commandments are not to be taken lightly. Nor are they simply to be taken at face value. Or for us to figure out how we can maneuver around these commandments, maybe skirt the edges of it without actually breaking it. The meaning is far greater than simply the black and white letters on a page. It gets to a matter of the heart. 
Mark and Jill Savage are a Christian couple. He served as a pastor, and she is the founders of Hearts at Home Ministry, a ministry for moms. Uh, anybody familiar with Hearts at Home? A lot of our ladies have been. You would think that they would have the ideal marriage, right? But in their book, No More Perfect Marriages, they share their struggle, including infidelity, depression, and going through 18 months of marital counseling. Jill says, we were doing all the right things, date nights. We knew each other's love languages. On she went. But what we discovered through counseling was that it wasn't the big things that were making a difference. It was all the little things that were happening behind the scenes that were pulling our hearts away one centimeter at a time. She talked about what she called perfection infection. Said this is when we unfairly compare ourselves to others. Whether it's somebody that we see at church or at work or in the community or in a TV program where it looks so good and we envy what they have in their family or in their relationships. But she says, and this breeds discontentment. But what we need to remember is that those people have a backstory, one that we don't know. And when we do that, that pulls us back from the ledge of comparison and plants us on the firm foundation of reality. And that can help keep discontentment at bay. The heart of these commandments is love. Paul writes in the book of Romans, Let no no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Whoever loves... Others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. We learn love from the one who is love, the one who first loved us, the one who loves us even when we fall short, even when we break these commandments, even when we go against his heart for us. We learn from that vast trove of love. So let us seek that. Let us seek that love that comes from God that he might ever lead us more into what his love is about and how we can love one another more deeply. That his word might be written upon our hearts and might be lived out in our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your commandments. Thank you for your word, which leads us and guides us in our relationship with you and with others. Lord, help us to understand your intent in these commandments. Help us to get to the heart of the matter. Help us to live out these commandments, not just to seek not to break them, but to to truly live them out, to truly love you and to love one another. We pray this in your name. Amen.